Shush Box Podcast, a safe space for self-expression, healing, and empowerment. Brought to you by Chani Ra, writer and artist. Self-love and embodiment coach, Jacqueline Michelle. And Sunita, founder of Shushbox, the wellness platform supporting survivors of sexual trauma. Welcome back to the Shushbox podcast. We're hosting a special episode for the winter solstice. As we come towards the end of the year, now is a great time to slow down, ground your energy and self-reflect. In this special episode, we're joined by visionary alchemist and relationships expert Yasmin Elzamore to talk about shadow work. So welcome, Yasmin, to the Shushbox podcast. Thank you so much, Sunita, for having me. I'm so excited to be on. Likewise. And we're going to go into the conversation that we had about a year ago, about 18 months ago. Uh, and we're going to talk more today about, obviously, the work that you're doing, um, but in particularly with shadow work. So before we get into it, did you want to maybe give yourself a little introduction? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. So hi, everyone. I'm Yasmin. I am a certified relationship coach, uh, spiritual mentor, speaker. But above all, I feel like I'm a visionary, a creative, a multidimensional human, an alchemist, like all the things. You know, I, I try to cut these, these labels that we impose on ourselves. Um, but yeah, my journey started when I was 21. I had a spontaneous spiritual awakening. And, you know, I, I went through a dark night of the soul and I realized like I needed to get my shit together. <laughs> I was in a place where I was very confused about what I wanted to do with my life. I was working different jobs, making a lot of money, but was not happy or fulfilled with what I was doing. And I was also in a very unhealthy relationship at the time. So everything kind of came together and all these like truths were unveiling <laughs> and I was peeling back layers of myself and who I was and what I wanted to do and how I wanted to show up. And as I started to grow and get into spirituality, that was like my entrance to spirituality. Um, you know, me and my ex at the time were having a lot of issues because I was growing, I was evolving, I was at a very rapid rate. And I was just like really wanting to learn more about myself and the relationship started to suffer. So I started to see things for what they were. You know, the truth started to really reveal itself to me. The rose colored glasses started to fall off. And I realized like, this isn't, this isn't good for me. You know, this isn't healthy for either of us. And, you know, I decided to call it quits. And from there, that was really my catalyst to becoming a relationship coach, because I was like, this is an area of life that like, I have suffered in a lot. <laughs> and I always wondered why I was always attracting similar partners, and why I was replaying the same pattern over and over again. And I also saw that a lot of people around me were also like in the same pattern, suffering with the same thing, you know, always having sex issues, relationship issues, like all these things. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do it. This is something I've, I've really always wanted to do. I love helping people. I want to inspire others. And ultimately, I want to grow and learn more about myself on, on this path and on the process. So that's, you know, that's basically my story. And I've been, you know, coaching for a few years now. And I've been doing the work internally for a few years now as well. And, you know, with that comes the shadow work and the inner work of like learning how to, um, you know, come from a place of love and compassion, integrating all of it. 
as I teach other people, as I help other people and leading from a place of integrity, you know, that's always my goal. So, yeah. Wonderful. Thank you. What a great introduction. And Thank lovely you. to hear it again. And I love <laughs> how you speak about um, leading with integrity. Actually, now thinking about it, I know we were talking about it just a second ago, but when I, you posted something recently where you were talking about integrity in, in spirituality, and this is a little bit off topic, not what we were going to talk about, <laughs> but I'd love to talk to you quickly about it. Um, totally. Within the spirituality space online, um, how can we, we spoke about this on, an, on another podcast, it's almost like, how can we connect with those people who have got that integrity within the spiritual world? Yeah, I mean, this is something that I know every area of life. And in spirituality, it's the same thing. You know, when you look for a healer, or you look for a mentor, or a coach or a therapist or anyone in that field, you want to make sure that you're going to give your energy and your time and your money to someone who is leading with integrity, you know, because a lot of the time, we get excited over what we see on social media. And it's so easy to put up an act on social media, you know what I mean? But like, you really have to tune into their energy, because I always feel it this way, like truth is a frequency and it's felt. So you can feel when someone's being, you know, authentic, you can feel when someone's being truthful, you can feel when someone's leading with integrity. So tuning into that and listening to the cues of your body is really important before you like, you know, get a, a healer or a coach of some sort, because a lot of the time we just, again, we go on social media, we see someone posted one great post and then we like give them all our money and all our time and they might not be right for us, you know, and that doesn't mean that they're a bad person. It just means that they might be out of integrity or they might not be doing something, you know, that, that feels right to us and it's good for our path and our healing journey. So I always say just, you know, kind of use that discernment before you hire someone. And this goes with anything, literally, like in a relationship, when you're dating someone, when you decide to go on a date, when you sleep with someone, like literally in every area, just make sure that you are giving your time, your money, your energy away to someone who is worthy of it. Yeah, I love what you said. Yeah, I love what you said Truth is a frequency. Yeah. Yeah, it's about frequency you feel it it's difficult though it is I think we said this last time but it is difficult for me with intuition I do feel in the last year so obviously it's been a year since we connected but in the last year <laughs> I do feel like my intuition stronger but sometimes right. these energies these people still come in to my reality and I don't know if it's because I'm I don't want to say I'm too kind but sometimes I do end up connecting and then feeling that thinking that the person has integrity to them but then some yeah. of their layers get shedded and I'm like wait wait I can feel yeah. the energy is changing yes yes exactly and like that's the thing I feel like it's a practice too because we're not just going to get it right on the first shot um, you know, as time goes on, we like, it's kind of like when we get into a relationship, we practice with the people we end up dating. And unfortunately, sometimes it just has to happen that way that we date people that are not right for us. But you know, it really is a practice of like learning to discern and tune into your body. And each and every time you'll get better and better. It might not be so obvious, but you do get better. And then you'll look back and you'll be like, Oh, wow, yeah, my decisions, my judgment has totally changed since a year ago, or two years ago, or what, however long. So it really is about giving yourself time and space to grow with that and to allow yourself the ability to make a mistake. You know, we're not perfect and it's okay if we might choose someone that's 
that's out of integrity or does it doesn't feel right to us and we're like oh man my my intuition led me the wrong way or you know we start to think that way and we start to get in our heads mm. that's okay to feel that way too you know like that's part of the integration phase of it it's we're, we're human and we are going to be imperfect and the same goes for any other healer you know it's like even if they don't they're not 100% in integrity they're human also and it's okay to allow them the space to mess up as long as it's not like a common theme <laughs> that they show up that way you know what i mean but we all do that and we all can be out of integrity every once in a while, you know, that there's nothing wrong with that. I think the goal there is learning self-awareness and learning how to, you know, flip the script. As soon as we feel ourselves being out of integrity, okay, I'm going to like flip it and I'm going to do something differently and I'm going to change the pattern. I'm going to change the habit. Yes. Change the pattern. That's yeah. it. <laughs> even when you do feel uh, it's not even that your intuition was wrong, right? Sometimes you can connect with someone at, at that time, in that period, in that moment. Yeah. It made sense and it was there to serve its purpose. But then, you know, not all connections are meant to be there for the long run. Sometimes they right. are there to j test the judgment. And at least now maybe you can say if you're tapping into your intuition, you might have noticed it sooner rather than old patterns where you could have been connected to that person for a really long time and then only, you know, it could have ended a lot worse. But now I'm like, okay, this person's come in. We vibe to start with. We're not vibing. There's something not vibing yeah. anymore. I'm going to yeah. change that pattern. And again, like you said, it doesn't need to be in a, in a way that's um, mean or hurtful. It's just, we're going on different, we're going on different pathways and we're, you know, we're crossing paths in the opposite way. And it's not a negative, it's not a negative experience. It's just like you said, um, having that discernment and that self-awareness to realize when something doesn't feel yes. um, right anymore. Yes. I love that you said that because it's like, even myself, you know, throughout my journey, I've had a few therapists, you know what I mean? Because like I grew out of my old one and I'm like, Oh, it doesn't feel right anymore. You know, she's not for me anymore. And it doesn't mean she's a bad person or she's out of integrity necessarily. It just means that I see things differently now and I want different. I want more. I want someone more expensive or I want someone less like this or, you know, whatever the case is, as we grow our tastes and our interests grow with us. So we have to be like, willing to adapt and be flexible to like the waves of the ocean, you know, that like come our way and to learn how to like move and ebb and flow. Because if we're only going to be in that same place forever, we're never going to grow. You know what I mean? And we're always, we're, it's going to be, that's boring. <laughs> you know, we want yeah. to grow. We want to evolve. We want to experience new things, new people, new teachings, new, you know, ways of being. Um, I think that that's like, that's exciting. That makes life so exciting and so like lustful, really, you know, learning about different things and being in different places and understanding different concepts as well. So that's, that's really special. And I always remind myself of that whenever I find myself like, Oh, I feel bad for having to change the therapist or my relationship or my friendships. You know, it's like, no, allow yourself to, to lose and to gain because that's what life is about. Yes. <laughs> losing game. You're so cute. <laughs> no, it's just, I'm just thinking about like recent events and I know this is off topic to what we said we were going to talk about. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> <laughs> it so makes sense though. Like you're not, you know, yeah, everything there was just perfect. And it's just a good reminder in any part of your life, in friendships, relationships, you know, working with healers, looking on spiritual people online, working with team members, you know, all of it is just human connection and realizing what you see in somebody else. Um, 
is also a, a mirror of yourself. So also acting with kindness, even when it is something that is not feeling right for you, it's not coming right. at it with anger or frustration or unless there's a, a direct threat coming towards you, that's something new I've learned. I'm like, if someone is threatening me, then I have, I will threaten back, but that's only if they're threatening me. Yes, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly, my love. And I love that you said that. Everyone really is a mirror. Like yeah. people are showing us parts of ourselves that like we might not be aware of, you know, which is the beauty of the shadow. You know, it's learning about ourselves through other people, through relationships, because like ultimately that's really how we learn. If we're never in, in communication or in relationship with other people, we'll never actually know about ourselves. You know, we can't see certain parts of ourselves because there's blind spots, you know, we could be super tunnel vision when it comes to our own stuff. But when you're in a relationship with someone or when you're in a friendship and people show you your stuff back to you, that's when you're like, oh, this is so triggering. Why is this so triggering to me? And that's when you can sit back and be like, okay, there's something here that I have to unpack. I don't know what it is necessarily, but it's, it, there's something here that I need to peel back the layers and learn more about why I show up the way I do and why this actually triggers me so much. <laughs> and it's hard. <laughs> that's the hardest part. No, it's great. And I guess that can lead us on to the actual topic of conversation, which was a nice lead up to it anyway. <laughs> but, um, it came full circle. Yeah. So good. So with, the, with that said, we're going to go into today, obviously, shadow work. And for those people who might have heard this word, this buzzword, shadow work, what does it actually mean when we talk about shadow work? Yes. Yeah. So the shadow is essentially the part of us that we've repressed. You know, it's the part of us that we don't really want to face. So that can look like the jealous part of us, the envious part of us, the angry part of us, you know, um, the, the depressed part of us, the part that we really like hide because we feel like it's incorrect or it's not good to feel that way, or it's shameful to feel that way. You know, even the sexual part of us, I feel like that there's so much around sex as well. That's so taboo that we feel like, Oh, if I'm a sexual person, or if I like, show off my sensuality as a woman or even as a man, you know, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be judged or people are not going to like it. They're going to be uncomfortable. And that in itself is a shadow. So, you know, and I'm, I'm, I've been learning so much about that as well, because that's been my shadow for a very long time. One of my shadows for a long time. Um, but yeah, like essentially, you know, the shadow happens when you repress it in childhood. And, you know, when, for example, for me as a kid, I was a very sensitive child and I was, you know, I was, I was a crier, you know, I cried at everything. I was super compassionate, big hearted. I felt everything around me. Energetically, I picked up on everything around me. And I would be called crybaby, you know, like my family would literally say, oh, stop crying so much. You're always crying. You're constantly crying. You're a crybaby. So that to me, that kind of, you know, that sat in my subconscious. And as I got older, I put up the shell of like, oh, I'm a hard ass. I'm rigid. I don't cry. I don't show emotion. And that started to play out in my relationships. You know, anytime I felt emotional, I would stop myself from crying and I would become avoidant and I would leave or I would, you know, do something to completely distract myself from the feeling of sadness and of crying. And, you know, that started to really ruin the relationships I had with people because I couldn't connect with people and like your, your ability to feel and, and to, to cry is your connection. It's your vulnerability, your connection to other humans, because we all feel that way on some level, some more than others, but we all feel it. So, you know, now I've been doing so much work around that to like reframe the way I look at my sensitivity and saying to myself, like my sensitivity is my power you know, and like your shadow is your power. It's your greatest gift, as long as you know how to use it and you know how to put it to practice. 
your shadow is your power and that again for me is something I've only just recently the more we can integrate the shadow instead of fearing the shadow and being like hey shadow you're a part of me yes (laughs) let's be cool going back to what we were saying earlier actually I guess uh, you know in human beings it's a reflection of yourself that you're seeing and almost your shadow is still a part of you it's you know it is you yeah I always see the, the shadow as the inner child that's really what it is because it's the inner child repressed you know so when when you see your shadow coming up it's really your inner child asking you for love for validation for attention for support like that's really what it is and as long as we could like reframe the way we see the shadow, cause it's not evil. I think people have this like idea that, oh, the shadow is evil. It's like sinful. Like I'm not supposed to feel that way, this and that. It's like, no, that's your inner child. Your inner child wants to feel this way. It wants to be validated. That's really all it's asking for. That's a really good point to make. I think cause it has the word shadow. I don't know. There's something dark around shadow work, isn't there? It can be like a scary thing. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it can be, you know, it can be scary to face your own stuff, especially if you're someone who has gotten used to like repressing things for so long and you don't want to face the scary trauma that you, you might've experienced as a kid and stuff. Like I get it. People are, some people are very traumatized like when they're kids and they have massive traumas that they have to work through. And that's very scary to do on your own. That's why it's important to have someone that can help you and hold your hand through this, like a healer that is trusted someone that knows what they're doing, someone that's trauma-informed, you know, someone that understands, you know, how to work with the body, how to move through this trauma on a very practical level. Um, And of course, on an energetic level as well, like bridging the two are very important. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's so interesting because it, a lot of people are like afraid of the word shadow, you know, and they're like, oh, I have to do the work that's so terrifying. (laughs) Yeah, it is. Um, and you're totally right. We should obviously it is a scary thought. It is scary. Trauma is a frightful place, especially when you're living your life uh, in a way that is to avoid the trauma. And especially if it's been experienced in childhood, you might have learned all these coping strategies and mechanisms to get you through a, in survival mode. So I understand. I can see why people would be scared to face the shadow. But what we're saying here is the actual shadow is not evil. Yes, yes. The actual shadow is not evil at all. It is a part of you and it deserves love and grace and attention, you know? And um, I I always say that to like my clients and like my friends, whenever we get into this conversation, it's like, you know, being able to love that part of you is courageous. It really is. It takes a, a, a certain level of bravery to be able to see your behaviors and the way you act and like your trauma and to say, I love you to it, you know? And like, it might feel uncomfortable to feel you, but I still love you because you're part of me, you know? And if I'm repressing a part of me, like I'm repressing myself as a whole, you know what I mean? So it's like, that's, it's just you, it's your package. And that's what makes us all so special is that we come with this package to this planet, to this world. And we're here to help other people through that. And, and it's our gift to be able to give that to each other, to be able to give that to, to the collective, to the world as a whole. So, you know, I always remind people of that. And I have to remind myself of that too, because I totally fall in that trap still, you know, even though I've done a lot of work, I still find myself cycling back to things that I'm like, I thought I healed this. Where is this coming from? <laughs> you know, and it's like, why am I triggered again? And it's just, it's part of the journey. It's part of the journey of being able to come back and remind yourself, like, it's okay. I'm safe. I'm loved. I'm validated. My trauma is 100% valid. My shadow is 100% valid. It doesn't make me any less of a human being for what I've gone through and what I've endured. 
if anything, it makes you resilient. It makes you someone who like is here to shine your light. You're here with a very big mission, you know? So being able to reframe that in those moments when you are doing the work is really, really, really helpful. Yeah, it's a really good point. I just wanted to ask, so obviously shadow work is a term that's used in, I want to say like the spiritual world. <laughs> what would be the equivalent <laughs> for people who are like, you know, what is a shadow? Is it like an equivalent in more like a uh, traditional sense of what that work would be? Totally, totally. Yeah, the sh- it's funny because you're right. I've seen that like people who are not so much into spirituality don't really understand what, what is the shadow? What is shadow work? People who are more, you know, spiritually informed are the ones that are like, Oh, I know what the shadow is. I know what shadow work is. And I see that on Instagram all the time. Um, yeah, essentially like, you know, in, in non, I guess you could say non-spiritual terms, it really is like, you know, inner child healing. It really is like trauma healing. That's another, that's another big one. Um, you know, it's, it's, it really like incorporates, for me, it incorporates a lot of somatic healing, you know, body healing, being able to like ground in your body. It's not so much of a a spiritual woo woo thing. It's more of like a, a physical thing because trauma gets stored in the body. Emotions get stored in the body. And these memories that we repress and this like anger or jealousy or anxiety or depression or all these like heavier, dense emotions get stuck in the body. Eventually they manifest physically. So when we see ourselves feeling ill, burnt out, you know, all these things that finally we we physically like feel it, it's because there's been trauma that's stored in the body. The body keeps the score. And there's a really good book on that, um, that I've read recently. And it's, it really like talks about how trauma gets stored in the body and how we have to release it. And it's interesting because like animals, when they go through something traumatic, they immediately shake their bodies we don't do that. It's so interesting. We like, we, if anything, we go inward and we keep it all, you know, cause we're not taught to move and to like, you know, release. We're taught to just take a pill or, you know what I mean? Just like distract yourself, <laughs> you know, do this, do that social media, like all these things. We're not, we're actually not taught to be like, okay, if you go through something traumatic, like move your body, you know, incorporate movement, work out, exercise, paint, draw, release your emotions through that, you know? Find that creative channel so you can release these emotions. So we're not taught that, but like, you know, animals naturally do that. They naturally shake when they're like fighting with another animal or, you know, when they're going through something traumatic. Um, so I always, I, I, I learned about that and I was like, that's so interesting that we aren't, you know, we don't, we don't necessarily do that. <laughs> we sit there and we store it. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I am. Um, it's recently, it's come up on a few podcasts actually talking about uh, how trauma has a neurological effect, how it does get stored yeah. within your body. And with movement, something I've been exploring recently is ecstatic dance. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I love. Yeah. yeah. You know, I yeah. did it on the weekend in my bedroom <laughs> for like two hours. <laughs> I had this um, like uh, tribal trance playlist on Spotify and you know I didn't have any dance moves as such I hid the mirror and I was just closing my eyes and letting my body do what it wanted and at point it was doing really weird things but it was like just shaking it out shaking it off yeah Yeah, exactly and that's what it's it's here to do and it's the same with like screaming or singing you know like releasing allowing your throat to like release whatever is stuck in the body whatever emotion wants to come out um 
breathwork is another really great tool also because like you're actually like moving the like you're stimulating the vagus nerve you know and that has a lot to do with emotion and trapped emotion as well so all these doing all these things is so helpful to release the emotion and that's very it's very practical it's not you know for the people that don't understand spirituality or don't see it like in a very woo way <laughs> that we might see it <laughs> like <laughs> I love the word woo why are you say woo woo I know right it's <laughs> down the word woo woo why do people say woo woo (laughs) (laughs) because spirituality is like woo woo (laughs) (laughs) at least woo woo is funny pizzazz I like it it's pizzazzy yeah exactly I see it as pizzazzy it's like woo woo you know like it sounds pretty (laughs) so people who see it as more of like you know this like out of touch you know people who are a little bit more practical more grounded you know, for them, it would be more beneficial to do it this way, you know, rather than like energy healing necessarily, which energy healing is also very, very powerful as well. You know, they're both, if you incorporate both, it's, it's just as powerful. But, um, yeah, I think my favorites are really like movement and breathing and releasing, you know, maybe like screaming into a pillow. If you're angry, anger is such an emotion that like, we're so shameful of, there's so much shame, especially women, because if you're, if you're angry as a woman, you're considered a bitch or you're considered, you know, difficult or all these things. Right. And we were kind of told like, be a nice lady. Don't be angry. And it has nothing to do with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? We could totally feel anger and use it as a motivator, you know, use it as a motivator to become better, to show up better. It doesn't have to be violent or aggressive. It could literally be like a way to become more assertive, to state your boundaries. If, you know, usually anger comes from a place of like, your boundaries aren't being respected, you know? So where is that happening? Where is that like playing out in your life if you feel anger? Same with jealousy. That's another big one that we all feel that we're like, you know, like weird about you sharing with people like, oh, I feel jealous. Like that's one that I've struggled with a lot of like admitting to my partners in the past, like, oh, I feel jealous because you're talking to another woman or, you know, you're, you're, you're very close with someone else. You know, all these things that were like, it's okay to admit that there's nothing wrong with feeling that way. It's just, how are you going to transmute it? That's what it comes down to. How are you going to like alchemize that emotion? Like, how can you use that emotion as a motivator? You know, just like fear, just like any of these dense emotions that they're all motivators and they're all alarm systems. That's what they are. They let you know that something is wrong or there's something here that needs to be looked at or there's an emotion that needs to be released. It's, it could be as, as simple as that. So, right. Yeah, it's about transmuting. So when it is a negative dense emotion or feeling like you're saying it's not about ignoring it and pushing it down it's about bringing it to light and then because energy doesn't energy doesn't go away that energy is still going to be there so you have to transmute it into a positive (laughs) exactly energy doesn't die exactly (laughs) it just like it continues and it just like moves form that's really all it does Mm -hmm. and a lot of people always say like oh how can I get rid of this emotion it's like well you can't because we're human and we feel every single emotion on the spectrum and we have seasons in life where we might feel more like anxious or we might feel more depressed or we might we might feel you know more irritated you know what I mean like it really is about going with the flow and like telling yourself it's not about fixing anything we're not we're not like inherently broken we're not wrong for feeling this way you know it's really about how can i use this um to my advantage you know how can i how can i turn this pain or this heaviness into power 
you know, and then when you see it that way, it feels really empowering. You feel sexier, you feel more attractive, you, you feel more magnetic, you give off that magnetic vibe as well. And you're, you're inspirational because you're able to, to shift that. And that to me is like really attractive. You know, people want to be around people like that, that can see a situation and be like, okay, I accept that the situation sucks (laughs) and I don't like the way I feel. It's okay, but I'm going to change it. I'm not going to stay there. Yeah, there's definitely power in that. And it's also powerful. Um, man- the greatest manifestations happen when you are when you can go from a dense emotion, like you're saying, and then transmute it into a positive. It's hard, though. It's not easy. <laughs> That's why it's going to be stronger. <laughs> yes, yes. It takes so much practice and willpower and discipline. You know, it's really about discipline. Like, it's really not that simple. Um, doesn't matter how long you've been on this path. I've been on this path for a while and I, I still find it to be difficult sometimes, you know, when I feel down, when I feel a heavier emotion, when I feel anxiety, when I feel depressed, you know, all these things that I feel sometimes and I'm like, Oh my God, I feel so powerless. I, I don't feel worthy. And of course the ego mind is going to like tell you all these stories, right? It, it wants to keep you safe. It, it, you know, it's there to just kind of <laughs> remind you of the subconscious, <laughs> the subconscious narrative that is playing out in your life. So it's really up to you to be able to say, no, I'm not going to believe that or I'm going to challenge that thought that I'm having so it doesn't, you know, come out into a, a dense, heavier emotion. So, you know, like there's, there's a lot of power in that. But yeah, absolutely, it's so difficult. And it's really about taking baby steps day by day. You know, like it's not about fixing it tomorrow. Like that's it. I'm going to fix this. I'm going to like tackle it. It's really about little what like what can you do every single day to get closer to beco- like becoming more in your power to understanding your emotions more to transmuting that pain. That's really what it comes down to. Absolutely. Okay, so if we had somebody who is listening to this podcast and they're at this stage where they're not really sure if they've got a shadow. They're feeling like there's something within them that's off. You know, there's something in them that they're running away from. They're not quite ready to like face it. What would be your advice to somebody who's in that position? They're not quite there to be like, I have a shadow. Let's get the shadow. My shadow's my new best friend. <laughs> they're, they're exactly. more like, exactly. not re- yeah, they're not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say to someone who is... Um, just opening up even to the possibility of a world where this shadow is not something to fear. I would say, honestly, to take it, you know, take it slow. You know what I mean? There's, it's not a finish line. There's no like journey that we have to hit by a certain age or a certain point. Um, If you're not aware of that right now, that's okay. You know, like be more aware of the things that trigger you. I think that that's where, where the key lies is like when triggers arise, kind of take note of that, you know, and like, keep it in the back of your head of like, okay, this bothered me and there. And if it continues bothering you, there's a pattern there. You know, I always also say to people like social media is a really great place (laughs) to see like your triggers, like very clearly, because like people get triggered all the time on social media. They might feel like they're comparing themselves. They might feel like they don't like someone's beliefs based on what they posted. They might feel like, you know, they're, they're not good enough in a certain way. So a lot of, a lot of the time, social media shows you your, your shadows. And that's probably one of the easiest ways you can start doing shadow work a little bit, you know, without necessarily knowing what your shadow is not to like, you know, like that, that extent of like, I'm ready, like my shadow's my best friend, I'm ready to heal it. But at least start there. And at least like, make note of it. 
whenever you feel something arise, like write it down, or just if you can remember it, that's great. Make note of how it plays out when the trigger arises with who the trigger arises. That's also a really big, you know, key uh, component, key element. And then from there, you know, just take it slow and keep putting the pieces together. It's really about putting the puzzle together. You know, it's really about investigating and putting everything together and then coming to a place where you're like, oh my God, this makes sense. Now I can make certain connections. Now I can understand why this happened or this ties back to something that happened in my childhood or this ties back to something that happened in my romantic relationships, you know? So it, it really is about, you know, putting the pieces together and doing it slowly because there's no, there's no way that we can get to a certain finish line. It's, it's impossible. That's a really good way to look at it. So yeah, taking note of your triggers as a starting point, yeah. and using your triggers as that window to write, okay, there's something yeah. within that needs to, to be looked at, to be aired. So yeah, starting with the triggers and working with the triggers, I guess. Totally, totally. Yeah, working with it and like not demonizing them. You know what I mean? Trying your best to not demonize them, trying your best to stay as open as you can and allowing them to happen. You know, don't run away from them when you feel like the urge to run away, to go on social media, to like, you know, drink, to do whatever it is that you do to like, you know, hide from the pain or cope with the pain, just, you know, sit with, with yourself for like a couple of minutes. It doesn't have to be an hour. It doesn't have to be 24 hours where you're just sitting with yourself, just a few minutes every single day. And just be introspective about why I feel this way. What's going on in my body right now? What emotions are coming out right now? Like, you know, make note of it, maybe do some journaling around that if it feels right to you. So, you know, I think it really does come down to like doing a few little things every single day to learn more about yourself and to put the pieces together. It doesn't have to be this big elaborate thing. People see it as like healing is this big thing that has to happen, you know, and it's like, no, healing could be as simple as sitting for like five minutes every day and just crying if you feel like crying. You know, like that's how powerful just simple healing can be. It doesn't have to be, you know, doing, you know, healing for for five years with like a Reiki specialist or, um, you know, constantly going to therapy. Like it, it really doesn't have to be that elaborate. It could be very simple. That just reminded me actually of something that I thought about the other day. And it was, yeah. when did doing replace being? <sighs> Yeah, it's so masculine. Think about it. You know what I mean? It's like we are so conditioned to do to the point where we're burning ourselves out in every way. Like we burn, I burn myself out spiritually too sometimes. (laughs) Like this, this is like, this isn't the point. You know what I mean? Like the point is for us to like learn about ourselves and to love ourselves more. It's not to like get like to the finish line or I have to do this or be productive with spirituality or personal development, you know, like, again, like I said before, there's no finish line to that. So what, why are we rushing? Where are we running to? Yeah. You know, like, when we think about it, like, where are we running? Who are we like trying to, you know, prove like what, who are we competing with? Like, what are we trying to prove? You know, it's like, it doesn't make any sense to me. And I like, I realized that the other day and I'm like, Oh my God, it's such a, masculine driven way of doing things like do 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 but we're not sitting with ourselves enough you know and like of course there's a beautiful balance between the masculine energy the feminine energy which we all have both um every single person has both but it's really about how can I balance the two in every area of my life including the area of personal development and you know spirituality how can I put the two together so I'm not burning myself out and making it a chore to Mm -hmm. heal you know but I'm also not being too passive where I'm not looking at my stuff, or I'm just kind of like letting everything slide off of me, you know, instead really having that balance and learning where that middle ground is for each person. It's different. So yeah. 
Yeah. And the value of a person is not based on the amount that you do. Absolutely. Absolutely. We've been like conditioned to think that too. Like the more I succeed, the more I accomplish, the better I am, Mm. you know? And it's almost like this competitive mindset of like, I must do because if I don't, I'm not going to have the thing that I want by the age of 30 and everyone else around me has Mm. it. And you know what I mean? Like all these like stories that we tell ourselves and it's like, but there is no, no one path. Like everyone's path is so different. And the way everyone heals and does things is very differently. And it's all beautiful. You know, it's all equally as beautiful because that's your specific individual story. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything more beautiful than like knowing, wow, I like am on my own path and my own like unique journey. And no one else is on this journey for me. <laughs> you know, it's like, this is great. And it, each person has their own lane. I think that that's so beautiful. Absolutely. And everybody's got their own interpretation. I mean, this could go completely off topic and maybe it's another podcast episode, but you know, time doesn't really even exist. <laughs> it really, it really doesn't. It like literally, <laughs> it really, it's such, it's a man-made construct. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that's oh another, God, another, another conversation. Um, but what I wanted to say, okay, with all of that said, and I'm really glad we did highlight that it's not about getting so far into your shadow that your shadow is consuming you because then it can get scary again. If all you're doing is shadow work, shadow work, shadow work, you're going to eventually become consumed by the shadow again, no? Yeah, exactly. And then like on some level, we're, we're also bypassing by overdoing it. You know what I mean? Like I, I was thinking about it the other day, like sometimes it can be used um, against us. You know, like the things we use can also be unhealthy. Like overdoing anything in life is unhealthy. You know, if you're overworking out, if you're over dieting, if you're overdoing these things, like, yeah, it's unhealthy because it's becoming an addiction. And now it's becoming, you know, uh, a bandaid to put on the wound. You know, you're kind of running from it. You're hiding from it. You're not really incorporating it. You're not integrating the whole thing. So I completely agree with what you said, because sometimes we get too far and I've done it myself. I get way too far in like the, the journey of healing and it, it becomes like this like chore and it's like, well, I have to do shadow work today. And it's not supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be like, I get to do shadow work today. I get to work on myself. I get to look at my wounds and love myself through it anyway. You know, so it really is about that. And it's important that we remember that when we get into this work. Yeah, it's a really good reminder. Okay, then. So if somebody is um, wanting to kind of work with you or getting to shadow work themselves, what is the first step? So we found some, we talked about someone who's not quite ready yet. So they might be monitoring their triggers, just seeing how they're feeling and looking at those responses. What about someone who's keen, they're ready, they're listening to the podcast, they've been noticing their triggers. They have their notebook and pen out. What's the best way to start working with your shadow? Is it literally sitting with a candle and looking at the shadow? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that's it. (laughs) Waving waving at the shadow. Smile and wave at it. That's like, hey. (laughs) That is so funny. Um, You know, I think for me, it's more about like, if you're at that point, discern whether or not you want to have someone support you on the journey. I think that's where it starts. Um, Because if we don't have a solid like foundation of like, confidence and self love, it could be detrimental to do it by yourself. And I always tell people this, like, be careful, because you might get into this spiral of like, Oh, my God, I'm not good enough, because I have this and this and this and this. And you know, if you're answering like a, like a journal, like a shadow work journal prompt that you know, there's so many on, on Pinterest and on Google and stuff even Instagram, I see a lot of really good ones. 
when you answer those questions, it can remind you of like what is wrong with you, right? And that might be painful if you don't have a level of, um, you know, self-worth and self-love if you haven't really like worked on that area yet. So in order to do that, you want to make sure that you're, you feel strong. It doesn't have to be perfect, of course. Not. We're, never, we're never 100% healed or perfect. But you do have to have some sort of foundation. And by working with someone that can remind you of the foundation and to like, you know, hold your hand through it, that would be, that's really helpful. Because someone else's healing energy is really like a light code for you, you know, and you receive that from people, especially if it's someone who is in integrity, who feels magnetic, someone who like knows what they're talking about, someone who is already doing the work and has gone through that phase. That's very helpful. If you feel like you have a foundation and you're good, you can do it all on your own. <laughs> you know, like it doesn't have to be with anyone else. Um, you know, you could start, like I said, you could start on social media if you want. Um, but if you're like past that, journal prompts are amazing. That's a really great way of doing it. Um, you know, getting into like answering questions, maybe journaling, like free, like conscious writing. I think that that's like stream of consciousness writing is what it's called, where you kind of just like wake up and you write whatever's on your mind. And it's like, that's really the subconscious because in the morning when we wake up, our subconscious is like at its prime. And it's like, you know, kind of releasing what has happened during the night and all that, like in our dreams and all that stuff. I'm going to try that tomorrow. Sorry. I'm going to try that. I love it. Sometimes I do really write weird stuff. (laughs) a philosopher <laughs> it's sometimes just a really weird statement in the afternoon but I'm gonna try it in the morning actually that's a good point yeah try it in the morning like first thing in the morning like in the first like like 30 minutes to 45 minutes when you wake up it's like when your subconscious is at its prime um and then nighttime is also a really good time to do that too right before you go to sleep again your subconscious is getting ready to unwind and it's very receptive at that point right so it changes its waves. So the brain waves change. So at that point you can like start writing things. And when you're really sleepy, you have no idea what you're saying or writing. It's almost like you're delusional and you could see patterns and things that might be in your subconscious, you know, and same with like your dreams, use your dreams as well. Big, big part of shadow work is using your dreams. Keep a dream journal next to your bed. I have that. I do that all the time when I have a very vivid dream and it's something that's like, that bothers me or I dream of something that like really triggers me in the morning and it ruins my whole day. There's some dreams that ruin my whole day. And I'm like, Oh my God, why is that so heavy for me? Then I kind of break it down and I work with that. And that's usually like a shadow, a trigger that is like stuck there that you haven't looked at. So these are all really great ways of like, you know, looking into it and understanding more of like what's going on, what shadows do I have to look at and work on? I really like that with the the dream work as well. I read somewhere that a dream a, a dream that you remember is actually a message. Yeah, it is absolutely it's a message and especially if you have it it's recurring like oh it's a very big message it's telling you something you know it's like I used to have dreams all the time with in my previous relationships of um my partner cheating on me. You know it's it was constant 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 and I was like and they weren't, they weren't doing anything, you know, behind my back, but it was an insecurity that I had. It was a, a shadow that I had of like abandonment, you know, like the fear of being abandoned, the fear of someone else taking my place or someone else like, you know, you know, just stealing my, my partner's attention because I always felt like so possessive when I, when I got into a relationship. So it was something that I knew I needed to start working on because I'm like, it keeps happening. This dream keeps coming up. I need to look at it for what it is. I need to accept that this is part of who I am and it's part of my insecurity. Cause if I don't, then I'm going to project that onto my partner and it might be a very unfair projection, especially if they're not doing anything wrong, you know? So, 
um, yeah, dreams are a really, really great place to do shadow work, really great place to start. Would you say that the shadow lives within this, is its home in the subconscious? Yeah, it is. The home is in the subconscious. Yep. So the subconscious is the one that kind of like stores everything, you know, from childhood. And if you want to get spiritual from past lives and stuff like that, ancestral stuff, you know, so there's just so many different avenues of it. it there's no way of knowing where a certain thing comes from, unless you can actually pinpoint that this specific situation in this lifetime happened and you can like put it together. But so many different avenues and it all happens subconsciously. So the subconscious continues storing it and storing it and storing it. And it kind of brings it back out, you know, like eventually if another trigger arises or if a similar trauma happens or a similar emotion arises that you felt when you were like five years old, it's going to remind you of that. And you're going to feel it in your body, you know, you're going to feel it in your subconscious as well. Wow. It's so fascinating. It's so fascinating. Yeah. Subconscious is interesting. (laughs) It's, I love learning about it because there's so much like gold there, you know? And I guess that's what your dreams are telling you. Your dreams are your subconscious. So the shadow is in your dreams yeah. and living in the... <laughs> I've just got this picture yes, of the exactly. shadow. Like we're in a, in a tent in my subconscious. Like, I live here. <laughs> this is my home. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I also want to add, because I love your sense of humor, my love. Like, you're just so amazing and you make me so happy. <laughs> but that reminds me that, like, when you're in this work and you're doing this work, remember to play. You know, remember to have a sense of humor. Remember to, like, literally what you said, like, you know, the, the shadows in the tent and stuff like that. <laughs> like, imagine things like that. It might be so silly and it might sound so dumb, but, like, it's funny and it, and it feels good to the inner child when you're playing with that, you know? <laughs> and it doesn't feel so scary anymore Mm. when you're able to like play with it and joke around and stuff because like at the end of the day life is really about incorporating fun as well it doesn't have to be so serious all the time we can also learn to enjoy ourselves on this journey of healing and you know earth is our playground you know it's like there's so much to explore there's so many ways to look at things and if we keep our minds open like there's just a lot of treasure that we can find in those moments I'm so happy you, you rounded it off kind of in that way because that's really what we try to do as well at Shushbox because it is obviously talking about trauma, sexual trauma, yeah. all of these things that impact people. And it's a serious subject, but, you know, like you say, you've got you've to find the, the humour sometimes and not, not, take, yeah. not get overwhelmed by the healing journey. So, yeah, yeah amazing. Yeah. But, okay, I know we said if somebody was wanting to maybe – go and look at their shadow work working alone how tell us a little bit more about how people can actually work with you and the services that you're offering of course so I do right now I do one-on-ones and I do like I do a lot of different things I do obviously like one-on-one relationship coaching couples included as well and like individuals I love doing both like they're they're fascinating um and I also do like shadow work specifically on that for anything doesn't have to be just you know relationship And I do like dark night of the soul stuff with the shadow work coaching. I also incorporate like if you're going through a dark night of the soul, a spiritual awakening of some sort, I can also be there to support, to hold your hand through it. Because I know how scary it could be (laughs) to have your illusions shattered, to, to face all the shit that you've been repressing for so long. So I love, you know, working with that. And like in my sessions, I also incorporate a lot of fun and humor and play. Um, and I try to make it more light since it is a very heavy topic and it can be very, very dense and dark, but like we do a lot of that and we like, you know, just have fun with it and we enjoy ourselves through the process. So that's how I, that's how I do my, my, my teachings. And, um, eventually I definitely want to do like group stuff. So I'm excited about that in the future because community is what we need right now. 
Um, and people always feel safer when they have a friend that they could like lean on or have an accountability, accountability buddy that can help them, you know, understand themselves more and hold their hand through it as well. So yeah, that's how it works. Amazing. And do you want to give details of like your website or your Instagram? Absolutely. So, um, my Instagram where you guys can find me is at Yasmin Elzamore and, um, I have a podcast, it's called humanity feels. And, you know, I talk all about relationships, spirituality is like all the things, you know, that make us human, personal development, mental health, like literally everything under the umbrella <laughs> of healing. Um, and yeah, I just, you know, I put out content there. If you guys want to check that out, you know, and get some like support and, you know, reach out to the people that I've interviewed on there, that would be, that would be really great. And, um, my website is currently being rebranded. It's humanityfeels.com, but I'm like in the process of rebranding. Cause I've been going through like such a transformation this year that I'm like, as I transform it's like, okay, now I have to transform like my brand and like who I am, you know, and what feels right to me. So for now you guys can find me on the podcast and my Instagram. So yeah. The Shushbox Podcast is brought to you by the team at Shushbox. We are a wellness platform created by survivors for survivors. For more information, head to www.shushbox.com and check us out on Instagram at underscore shushbox.